correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. Of course, it's your host, Steve, here with his co-host. Hey, it's Steve. What's up, Gamer Nation? So, before we get started on anything too crazy... Let's talk about one of the few podcasts we haven't actually gotten to talk about on the podcast as of yet. Oh, you mean the, the the one that started the network, basically? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know, Order 66. Yes. Your one-stop shop for all things Star Wars RPG, to say it simply. Yeah. You know, you've heard Chris, GM Chris on here a couple times. He's one of the hosts. Uh, GM Phil also, plus they have special guests. They do all kinds of crazy things. Uh, I don't know if they still do it. I know some of the old stuff. They used to have Stormtrooper poetry. They just have a ball with it, and they're amazing. So if you're into the Star Wars RPG, wonderful place to hear stuff if you don't listen already. I mean, even if you're not into the Star Wars RPG, I could listen to Chris talk about just about anything. And they do really do it in in a lot of, you know, they do lore-based stuff. They do mechanics system stuff. You know, they do product reviews as far as, you know, like new books and, and whatnot. And, I mean, they've been going for years now because they actually started while well, Star Wars was still under Wizards of the Coast in the Saga Edition, and then they reset everything when it went to Fantasy Flight in, like, 2012. So I was going to say, they've, they've been going for years now because nobody ever told Chris to stop. Well, yes, you know. He just kept going and going and going and going. <laughs> we love you, Chris. <laughs> you energizer buddy of a man. <laughs> Uh, anyways yes anyway i gotta pick on i gotta pick on some people sometimes anyways so we're talking about to get into a few things we're talking about length of campaigns yeah and what a long campaign is what a short campaign is when to run a long campaign when to run a short campaign yeah i'm get into it oh i mean and i think you know to a certain point i think you've basically got three broad categories you've got one shots what I would call mini campaigns, and then you have your big, long, epic campaigns. And, I mean, one-shots are, are a lot of fun, you know, be it conventions or just bored some evening, you get a few friends together and you do whatever. And, I mean, I think it's one of those things where some game systems may be more conducive to one type of thing over the other. It's also just personal preference in some cases, too, I think. Yeah, I can I can completely agree with that. Your one-shots, I really feel... There are some systems that run one-shots really well, and there are some systems that don't run one-shots well at all. I think something like, not to keep harping on it, but something like Dungeons & Dragons, you can say we're going to run a one-shot, but it's not, really. Usually they're more two-three shots. Whereas something like Call of Cthulhu, you can actually flop on a table and play as a one-shot. Or even some of your smaller one-page RPGs, you can play a one-page RPG as a long-running campaign. You absolutely could. Not necessarily that I would take every one-page RPGs and, and, and make it run as a long-running campaign, but I wouldn't be afraid to try it with something that really catches your eye. Yeah, I think you'd have to have the right table to do it. You know, you'd have to have... 
everyone around the table, you know, because like, you know, Honey Heist or Trash Pandas, well, I think they're amazing one-shots. There's nothing there that facilitates long-term play. Well, let me let me talk about a game. I talked about it on uh, Game of the Week, I think, not last week, but the week before, that 24XDX or 24XX. Yeah, yeah, that um, 2400 thing. Yes. So I typically, not always, but I typically try and grab the games of the week that I talk about just so I can get them under my belt and say that I have them. And if anybody ever asks, hey, yeah, I have that. So I picked it up and it's a, the best way I could describe it is it's a one page RPG with a bunch of expansions that would make it really conducive to playing a long running anthology RPG. Okay. So what I mean by it, you, you know what it's the term anthology is I, I don't think i need to explain that no but i'm curious what you mean in the context of a game so same game system same rules different settings different play different characters okay so like it's it's the same campaign per se but every 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 like week every two weeks we switch from we switch from this setting and these characters to this setting and these characters, and it's all tied together by this this overarching story. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. It's a little different, but it, it you know, could be fun. It is a little different, and it, I do think it could be fun because of the way that that story is told. It is a lot of go here, do thing, come back results. That's how that system works, and it's a really cool system. It's just, I, I really lean towards... If I was going to play that, I would want to play it maybe over the course of a month, like four weeks. Maybe you're doing two settings, one or two settings a week, and you're just, this group of characters is off doing this, and it's this time, and it's this area of the world, and you know what I mean? Like, it's that type of stuff. So almost West Marches in a way. Yeah, yeah, almost West Marches, almost, um, yeah, almost like a, like, if you had rotating characters in a in an RPG, say say you had say you had something where you had maybe three or four characters that you had rolled up and you just kept rotating through them, that would be kind of cool too. Mm -hmm. But it's an interesting take on that. And then there's other systems that you know I talked about D and D not being very conducive to one shots. I don't think. Well, if I could break into your thought for a second, I think D and D is not bad for one shots. But what it is, it's it doesn't give you a complete picture of the game because of the level-based progression being so stepped. It's a snapshot of what the game is at that stage, at that level, to, to use the terminology. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I've had a blast playing one-shots in D&D, and I'm sure you have too, but playing a one-shot of D&D is not the same thing as playing a campaign of D&D, I don't think, even though the rules are the same, if that makes any sense. Right. And I think, I don't know, I'm trying to, trying to think what, in that way, I think there's other games that are more conducive to one-shots than, than long campaigns. And I've talked about, I've, I've now played Call of Cthulhu, and I really feel that Call of Cthulhu is a great game for one-shots that can do long-running campaigns, but you're really, I think for me, you would have to really push the hook for a long-running campaign in, in Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think Call of Cthulhu is at its best in one-shots or, you know, maybe two, three shots. Short, self-contained stories. That being said, you know, there are a couple of 
absolutely legendary pre-written campaigns, be it massive Nyarlathotep or however one would properly say that, um, the Mountains of Madness one, you know, so it, it can be done long form, but I think Call of Cthulhu really, you can get everything out of it very effectively in one or two session games, which even at two sessions, I really kind of call it more of a one shot personally. Yeah. Delta Green, on the other hand, I think was built more for campaign play. Yeah, I was going to just about to say that because it has that relationship mechanic. Yes, bonds. The the bonds system that I don't think you're going to get into too, too much with just a one shot. No, it, it doesn't have any impact if, if it's a one shot. If it's a one shot, you burn your bonds and you never have to deal with the fact that your wife and your kids hate you. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think we played a one-shot of it a while ago, and we never even really touched the Bonds as far as anything. You know what I mean? No. No, and, and that's that mechanic really only applies to campaign play, because it I believe it even says in the rules that it's really, you're supposed to play out scenes with those people kind of like at the end of missions or whatever, like, so to speak, between adventures, if you will. So, right. yeah, that would, you know, apply pretty much exclusively to either short or long campaigns and just doesn't apply to one shots. Right. And then there's, you know, you have like paranoia too, though, which is, I'm not going to say you couldn't play a long form paranoia game, but it's, oh man, that would be fun. But it's definitely a game designed for short form play. A long form paranoia game. <laughs> I'll just say it this way. A long form paranoia game. With my current mental state, sounds miserable. <laughs> because of the stress and, like, life has been on top of me recently. Playing Paranoia and adding to that, like, I love Paranoia. I think it's a really cool game. I think it's something that I'd love to play. However, not anytime soon with the way my life has been recently. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, I think Paranoia would be an interesting one to play long form, but it is more aimed towards that short-term dread, uh, which we've talked about. We talked about with GM Hooli. It's, it's built on a Jenga tower. Yeah. Unless you have a table that you're devoted to just leaving it set up on, I don't think you're playing dread long form. True. Or like, you know, the 10 candles that we mentioned there too. Yeah, that's, that's one that you're not playing long form. Then you go from, from one-shots to short campaigns, which is, I mean, there's a difference between a one-shot and a short campaign. I think a short campaign stops being a short campaign after, so it, it depends on your length of play and it depends on the number of sessions. My average length of play is four to six hours. That's what I like to play roughly around there. Mm -hmm. If I'm really getting into it, I'll go six hours. That can be pushing it sometimes, but yeah, is what it is. But four to six hours at, I think, six sessions, that's a short campaign. Yeah, I would say in the, given that, that session length, call it four to eight sessions, I would call a mini campaign probably. Yeah, because you're still getting full sessions in, whereas a one shot, you're getting one mostly full session in because ideally you're probably rolling characters and wasting a little bit of time with that with a with a short campaign you're talking about you've already have characters made up you're ready to go you're getting one like you're getting your sessions in so four to eight depending on the length of play i think really 
dictates whether that's a short campaign or a long. That's true, too. Because eight sessions, and, and I used to be able to do it, I cannot do it any longer. Eight sessions at 10-hour sessions is 80 hours of play. That's a long campaign. Yes, yes. <laughs> Look, I did, um, do you remember, I know you used to play second edition. You remember the Dragon Mountain module? Yes. I did that in a weekend. Yeah, we, um, we came really close to setting up live, uh, setting up cameras to do a, um, uh, what is that called? One of those yeah, one 24 of the hour. Streams, but it was, um, it's the big one. And I can't remember what that's called. Yeah, my brain's drawing a blank on it too. 24 hours of Le Mans of RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it's life something. I extra know, life. Extra, yeah, extra life charity streams. That's it. Yep. We, ve- we came very close to me GMing for an extra life charity stream because we were joking that a couple of our sessions had gone 16 hours Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i said to them i'm like because at the time we had we were playing on a saturday it was like i'd get up and get down to my buddy's house at like noon and we'd play till whenever Mm -hmm. and it had gotten really close to a couple times where we were playing like 16 hours and we were all joking about we just need to set up cameras and we'll just do an extra live stream we'll just go 24 and nobody would break a sweat and we'll still be playing afterwards (laughs) but you know, I'm not, like, I'm still a young guy, but I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> you know what? It, it, yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's one of those weird things where, like, what used to be really easy in terms of going on X amount of sleep, whatever, you know, like you said, playing for just hours and hours and hours on end used to be no problem. Now that, you know, I'm getting a little bit older, yeah. It doesn't work that easy anymore. <laughs> um, oh man! But I think me and Steve talk being old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, but um, I was gonna say I think right now for the most part, short campaigns are are kind of what I'm into. I think some of it being because you know I do want to play all these different games, and and you know life happens, and so like you just you don't have time to play a lot of games if you spend a lot of time playing every game. Well, so I'm not going to lie. I'm into short campaigns. I like the short campaigns right now. I completely agree with you that you want to play more. You want to maximize your time of play. However, and I'll say this, there are a couple campaigns that I would like to play in mid to long running campaigns. For example, Cyberpunk Red. I would love to find somebody who wants to run Red, who has the passion of it, and would run it for a couple years. Like, I would play in, like, a year, year and a half long campaign of Cyberpunk Red. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, at that point, that's a, that is a a mid-range campaign. When you're, when you're talking about a mid-length campaign, you're talking about, you know, we talked about four to eight sessions. At that point, you're talking closer to 12. 15 sessions well, depending on how you're how often you're meeting right if say you meet once a month 12 15 sessions that's you know a year year and three months like that's quite a quite a campaign that's quite a length yeah yeah it is and that's not even touching some of those old long-running campaigns but that's you know a mid-range campaign you're you're talking you're going to be playing it for a while so i will say this if you know you're getting into a mid-range campaign 
make sure you like the system that you're playing it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, for me, I love AD&D. I love second edition Dungeons and Dragons. And I played, and I'll get into that later, but I played a long-range campaign or a long-length campaign in AD&D. And by the time I was finished with it, I wasn't completely done with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, but I was pretty much spent on and knew what I could know of that system. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing, when you walk away from a mid-length or long campaign, understand that you're going to have an understanding of that system or you should have an understanding of that system beyond what you really went in with. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the other thing though, and, and this is, I guess to, to take half a step back, the one thing I like about campaign play of, of really any length over one shots is that characters have a chance to develop because I don't know how many times I've, I've, I've built a character and I had one idea in mind and then at the table, it's not that that idea gets tossed out the window, but it really gets bent into something else. And that just, you know, a lot of times it takes me a session, session and a half to really kind of get my head around who the character wants to be, if that makes any sense. I understand completely what you're talking about. And I have done that myself where characters have changed at the table just as time went on, just as just as we would sit and play, my characters changed and who they are has changed and how they do, you know, their personality. And I think that's, that's a sign of a good campaign. That's a sign of, sometimes that's a sign of a good campaign. Sometimes that's a sign of just, I don't know where I was when I mentally built this character, but I'm here now. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's development, which is a fun aspect if that's what you want to do. It's it's more than just numbers changing. Right. You know, which obviously, I think that plays into it too, though, is I, I don't think there are games that are necessarily bad for one-shots, aside from the fact that if you're viewing the one-shot, thinking the one-shot to be a somewhat complete picture of what the game can do, I don't think all games do that. I think pretty much any game can be fun as a one-shot, some perhaps given the caveat that you're using, say, pre-gens, or you're not taking the time to make characters specifically for the one-shot at the table in the time that you were going to play. Right. Because some, some systems just have long, drawn-out, very detailed, whatever, character creation. Not necessarily a bad thing, just a fact. Well, <laughs> a game system that I've sort of been dipping my toes into that would not at all play towards a one-shot, I, I really don't think it could play towards a one-shot, would be Rollmaster. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I've never played it. I do know some people who have. I think that's one where, again, you're talking about your character generation, etc., is extremely detailed and in-depth. So, yeah, it's going to take a significant amount of time to make a character, and if you make that character, even if they're pre-gens, the, the person running the game or whatever is going to be making these characters well, they want to get some, for lack of a better word, return on their investment of time because yeah. they spent how many hours making all the characters. So, yeah, they want to get fun time, too. Right. Yeah, and I I completely understand that. And it's just one of those things that, yeah, that system, I'm doing it just because I need to know. Because, <laughs> um, all right, I'll, I'll just say it. 
I got called out on our Discord saying that it would be poison to me, and it kind of is. All right, it kind of is. But at the same time, you can't call me out like that. I will just uh, you tell me no, and I'll I'll go. What do you mean no? Well, see, the other thing though is is I remember people semi jokingly referring to Rollmaster as Chartmaster, and one thing that you love is charts and tables. Yes, 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 yes. So, and it it is it is very charty. Um, it's very crunchy, and I kind of like it. I like I'm not very deep in, mm-hmm. but. I kind of like it. Hey, I, you know what? That's that's the beauty of the hobby, right? That that there is something, and and sometimes you find that thing that you didn't think you would like that you do, you know? Right. But yeah, so yeah, like like you said, you know, Rollmaster probably wouldn't be great as a one shot because by the time you got how the game plays explained to people, okay, it's time to go home. Yeah, exactly. I know. But I mean, again, short campaign longer campaign, mid the campaign, whatever. I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's a game that, that fits with a lot of the modern gaming attitudes all that well, but that doesn't mean it's a bad game. Oh no, it's, it's old, but I sort of, like I said, I'm, I'm sort of getting into it. Cool. Just, just dipping my toe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there are games that really want to be run as long campaigns. We talked about Chartmaster, Rollmaster, I mean, um, <laughs> But you've talked about it a lot, and it sounds like it's really meant to be run as a long campaign. Rifts. Rifts sounds like a long-running campaign to me. Yeah. Well, I think Rifts is one. The the reason I say that to a certain point is, in the Palladium system, character generation is time-consuming. It just takes too long. I haven't personally gotten into reading the Savage Rift stuff. I do. I bought the Bundle of Holding or Humble Bundle or whichever charity funding bundle it was that they had a few months back. So I have this stuff, I just haven't gotten to read it yet, but I know Savage Worlds, which is the engine it runs off of, character creation is supposed to be pretty quick, and at the same point, it's fairly detailed, so it's, it's kind of a nice nice mix. The world lends itself very easily to long, epic, you know, here, there, and everywhere campaigns, um, but I think equally you could run a tight, concise story one shot you know you wouldn't be showing off everything that the game has to offer but you could have a fun time in a very small localized story oh yeah i think i don't know i'm excited that's another system that i haven't touched yet but i keep wanting to read i want to get my hands on and looking at savage worlds because i hear everybody talks such like praises of savage worlds and that's not saying there aren't detractors but I just hear all these praises of Savage Worlds, and I have yet to get my hands on it. Like, I, I couldn't get my hands on it. That's not that's not the problem. It's just the time... Uh, yeah. The time that I don't have to read all the books that I have. Yeah, I've, you know? I've owned mine for, I don't know, two months now, and I read, I don't know, the first 20 pages, and then had to go do something, and it's currently sitting on the table upstairs. Because I keep meaning to, yeah, I'll pick that up and read more of it, but... uh I jokingly put up in our Discord, hi, my name's Steve, and I'm addicted to buying games that I'm never going to play. <laughs> like, because we're talking about... Which Steve are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the fact of the matter is, is that I just, I have bad luck with, like, buying games and then being like, oh, I'm going to read this. Oh, I'm going to read this. I don't have time. I'm much better with physical games than digital versions, I will say that. Yeah. Um, but, 
No, it's just Savage Worlds. I think I've heard a lot of people run long Savage Worlds campaigns. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people that can run short ones because Savage Worlds is deadly, I hear. I don't can't confirm for myself, but I hear it's deadly. So that's cool. From what I understand of the mechanical structure, yes, it, it can be. Um, you know, the I think... Yeah, so I, I think kind of where we're at, though, is, is we're kind of saying that pretty much you can play anything any, any which way. I think, though, certain games maybe fit better in one time format than the other. Uh, yeah, I can. I understand what you're saying. I think you're right. I think certain games fit better. Certain games are more conducive to certain types of play. Certain games are more conducive to a longer campaign. Uh, certain games are more conducive to a shorter campaign. And I think finding what works for you is something that takes time to figure out. Mm -hmm. Because I know for me right now, like I said, short campaigns are perfect, but if somebody came along to me tomorrow and said, I want to run a three-year campaign of Cyberpunk Red, I would be like, I am in, when are you free? When are we doing this? (laughs) And not that I would like, I'm, I'm not saying that I could commit three years of my life to that, but I probably would try to <laughs> see i think the the game that, that i'm really feeling that way with right now is is star wars but then you know there's my star wars binge that's been going on well, that affects that but uh, i think part of the problem with that one is that everybody we've talked to and everybody i've talked to that plays the star wars rpg has been like yeah and i play my star wars rpg it's been going on for like 10 years now <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Well, we and we know a lot of people that are playing Star Wars. Unfortunately, none of them in person. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And unfortunately, none of them have open space. Well, that too. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you know. But I think too, though. Like, if you get a game like Dungeons and Dragons or uh, Pathfinder that are very much level based for cur- progression, I think those are kind of intended towards longer running campaigns, or they, they're it's, it's, I don't want to say a more complete experience, but maybe a, com- a more complete experience of the system to play those long form because Dungeons and Dragons, you know, being the one that, that I know the best really does change as you go up in levels. You know, we talked about it as far as from, from a GM's perspective, how, you know, as, as things advance, it, it becomes much more challenging, but it, it also becomes different as a player because you have to you you have more things to manage more things to choose from and so on. Oh yeah. And and as a player you you get a lot of these options and you get a lot of the oh you can do this or you can do that or you can build a character this way. The the 5th edition game we're playing in now we're first level and it's amazing that like I I feel so weird being a naked ranger at this point. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I picked my fighting style and that's about all I got. Like Yeah. I feel so weird being just like the normal dude. And yet if you compare those stats to that of a quote unquote commoner, they're still beyond they're still way beyond what that what that is. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, yes. I don't know. It's just I don't want to keep harping on D and D because I know a, a, some of our audience probably do play it and enjoy it. But well, we play it and enjoy it. It's just probably not the game we would pick left to just our own devices. Yeah, that's true. I just I I really am like I don't know. I think it would be interesting to play. I think it would be interesting to play a D and D game where you're commoners. I heard about an interesting D and D game and I wanted to play it at one point, but. I could never find the group to do it. Maybe I'll run it as a one-shot. It was a bunch of 
I think they called it the Goblin Heist. Basically, what you did was you you took the stats for a goblin, mm-hmm. just a lone goblin, and you gave it to each one of your players. Okay. And this was back before that was an actual race, like it back before that was an actual playable race. Right. You just used the stats out of the monster manual for goblins, mm-hmm. and they had a basically they had to go in, steal something, and and survive and get out. And that seemed fun because it made the game really deadly because they're goblins, mm-hmm. they're squishy, and they have to break in and steal mm-hmm. the thing to to turn themselves back to whatever race they were. Ah, okay, okay. Well, that sounds kind of fun, actually. I'm sure you could could tweak that some way, kobolds or whatever. Well, or just go back to goblins. Yeah, because <laughs> they're still a statted creature in the book. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, but yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, campaign length is just kind of one of those things, and I think the other thing is sometimes you you don't really get to pick because you know, groups break up, people get busy, your GM sometimes burns out. Sometimes life happens. Yeah, sometimes life happens. And yeah, you don't get to you don't get to decide. You know when that happens. That's just it's just a fact of life is that you don't get to decide when when life is going to get in the way of your gaming career, and it more than likely will. And I'm sorry to say that. But yeah, well, it, it, like you said, that's life. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess campaign length is is really just kind of what you end up with in a lot of ways. But is something I think definitely worth thinking about when you're getting ready to start a campaign with your group. You know, is having that discussion of how long do we want this to run? Yeah, and that goes back to we talked about it all the way back in episode one with we talked about session zero. And when you sit down at that session zero, ask the table, how long do you want to play? You know, and when they say, oh, we only want to play for three months or we want to only want to play for a couple sessions. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll play for a couple sessions. And and that's perfectly acceptable. I mean, I have no problem with that. Yeah. And, you know, if you're if you're running the game, you you have to use an appropriate story. You know, you yeah. you, you can't shoehorn every story into every time frame. It's just not going to work. No, and neither is shoehorning every story into every session or every time frame isn't going to work and you just need to make sure that when you're when you're doing your session prep and when you're preparing for the campaign you're ready for that to take a little bit of time. Yeah. I I and, and look, we've we've said this before, we're both more on the improv side as far as our, our GMing style. But I've heard about people who say they figure, okay, so the party's going to go here and they're going to do about 14 minutes of RP and then there's going to be, you know, 20 minutes of combat and then, and like, I'm looking at it, I was, there was, I believe it was a podcast actually I was listening to and I'm kind of staring at the phone going, who do you play with? Because I have never, ever played at a table that was that predictable. Oh, not at all. <laughs> like, I've never sat down at a table that was like, oh, I, I know exactly what these guys are going to do. No. No, not not ever. You know, and, and uh, more often than not, it's the case of there's an obvious way to deal with this, and not only does the what I thought was the obvious path not get chosen, it's something completely way the heck over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it when it happened, but during my Eberron campaign, I didn't expect you guys to do a smash and grab. <laughs> I expected you to, like, Sneak in and stealthy things. No, we're just going to break the case and go. Well, that was partially my fault, I guess. But it was kind of one of those where I just in the moment didn't foresee there being a more feasible option. 
So I did it. I, yeah. And that's what makes games fun. I honestly, the unpredictable nature of, of RPGs, which is very predictable, but it's unpredictable in a way, is the nature of your players and what your players are going to do and, and how your players do what they're going to do. And that's just all what makes RPGs fun sometimes for a DM is how are my players going to react to this? And watching my players react to things is what I love doing. I love throwing things like our Cyberpunk Red campaign. Nobody was expecting that shopkeeper to be like this crazy redneck named Bob. <laughs> like, like why would why would you have a crazy redneck shopkeeper? Who who? This is Night City. Why why is he here? Like maybe something know. worth exploring. Yeah, but just one of those things. Well, sometimes that stuff, you know, like you you just do it, and then the players react to you, or you react to something the players do, and it becomes this whole thing that you didn't have planned. And that's the fun of it, right? Like, to me, you know, a computer RPG or video game, RPG video game, they're very enjoyable, but I don't play them for the same reason I play tabletop RPGs. Not at all. No, I, I don't either. I play them for their gameplay and not not for the storytelling like I play RPGs. Like, I play tabletop for the storytelling. I play tabletop to play with my friends a lot of the time. Yeah. And that's new and old friends. You know, that's that's people I've known forever and people I just met yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, it's just, it's an interesting... Tabletop RPGs are a weird and interesting just confluence of people that, that makes life just a little bit better. It really does. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's, yeah. And you make memories that, you know, you, you all can still share years later. Because you go, hey, remember that time when, and some, you know, crazy story, but you all do. And I think that's the part of it that's really cool. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing that's like, I don't know, I just think that's so cool sometimes is, hey, remember that time we did the thing? Yeah, I remember that. I was... I forgot about that, you know, or, oh yeah, I remember that, but I remember it happening differently. Mm-hmm. Like just, that's one of the things that RPGs does that, that other games and other types of games don't do. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that is because, you know, it's, it's literally just being played in, in everyone's imagination. It's not restricted by coding and graphics, etc. And, you know, that's, that's the thing you, in a computer game, video game, whatever, that's a a fact. You can't make a a completely open world. It would be impossible to code. You know, there have to be you do X, Y happens. Well, that doesn't have to happen when you're playing in, it on tabletop. Oh yeah, I completely agree with you. I I completely agree with that that sentimentality and and that idea that it doesn't have to be. You don't have anything like. You could have technically scripted moments in a tabletop RPG, but you don't have anything that's... Your NPCs aren't scripted. Your players aren't scripted. You don't know what's going to happen next. And I think one of the things that's fun about RPGs is if my players decide that they're not doing a thing just because of X, Y, or Z, okay, fine. They're not going to do that thing. I, I can't make them. I mean, I can. I can try to, but... Yeah, yeah, it's... It's crazy, but it's cool. Yeah, and with that, and talking about crazy and cool things, why don't we get into Game of the Week? Game of the Week! Game of the Week! Game of the Week! I think I'll go first. Okay, why don't you go first then? So I have a game 
that is called Invisible Sun. Oh. This is by Monty Cook. Um, and if you know Monty Cook, it is it's high production quality. It's very good. It is pricey. I will say that for an R- for a for a PDF of an RPG, looks like you get a lot with it, but a hundred dollars is spendy. And it honestly, I don't know anything about it. I don't know about the the system. I don't know hardly anything about it other than the artwork that's associated with it on the drive-through RPG page has me sold beyond sold. Yeah, it's interesting. Is and I, and I don't say that in a bad way. No, and it's it's weird. And you described it as Alice in Wonderland meets Salvador Dali, and I can see that. And at the same time, I described it as uh, like a twisted version of Planescape. Like, just it's cool it just has this really cool look to it a lot of the art's really neat and i am very much going to pick this up and and try and get it onto a table and try and get it in front of some people because this is cool man this is cool well i did also notice that there are for most of the the stuff for this this setting or whatever there are free previews available which i'm sure cut down some of the art, some maybe the finer points of different things. You know, I'm not familiar with, with the stuff that Monty's put out since he, he left and formed his own thing, but I mean, he was the lead designer for 3.5 D&D, so it's not as if he's new to games by any stretch. Or one of the yeah. lead designers anyway. I don't know if he was the lead designer, but... I mean, whatever, you know, whatever that may be, it just, it's a really, really cool-looking game, and... Yeah, the artwork is bizarre, but very intriguing. One of the first images, and it's it's very clearly set to look this way, is like a fancy cocktail party where you have a woman whose head is a book. Mm-hmm. And an open book. And an open book. And that's just really cool to me. And, and you know, the art is very, like, very... It's not as melting as Salvador Dali, but it is very Dali. It's very bizarre and twisted and thinking about things in a way that you don't think about. And I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to see about getting this on a table sooner rather than later. And I say that a lot, but man, I this is so cool, man. It it, it looks interesting, if nothing else. And and I think that sometimes is is a bigger hook than than anything is yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks it just looks interesting. And like I said, it's on drive through. It is, like I said, spendy. $99 to me is, is that can be hard to swallow sometimes for a book, but it, you get a lot with it. It's not like you're not getting content with that money. Like, well, yeah, so. there's a list down the listing. I mean, there's, there's four game books in this. They said over 80 PDF files in the, in the download. And you know, there's all kinds of cards and, yeah, I mean, there's a GM notebook, you know, there's like four, you know, over 600 pages of game rules and, and background yeah. stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it's not, and there's actually, I don't know what it does. I just noticed the last line. There is a, an app for the game as well. So I don't know how much that. Yeah, I noticed that. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be, uh, I, I'm cheap, okay? It's going to take a lot for me to pry $100 out of my my wallet for 
for digital format stuff, but I mean, it looks, I mean, you're over 300 megs for the file size. Yeah. And you're definitely, I mean, I'm looking at it going, there is, there is money there, you know? Yeah. There is, or not, not that there's money there, but there's, um, value, value. That's the term I was looking for. There is value to be had there. So, all right. With that, what do you got? I kind of decided to go find something and I had to go off drive through for this because I've heard about it here and there. Game called Lancer. And, uh, turns out you can get it on itch, itch itch.io, which is another, it's another site where people publish things is the simplest way to explain it. Itch is nice. Yeah. It's really, really very indie friendly. Uh, but Lancer, it gets pigeonholed as a mech game or a mecha game. And that is a part of it. But it's their their little write up. It says Lancer imagines a future where a survivor humanity has spread across the stars after weathering weathering terrible ecological collapse on Earth. The end of the I don't even know what that word is. As a consequence of unrestrained consumption and poor stewardship, five thousand years later, humanity lives in the wake of a desperate revolution where one one where the victorious radicals now manage the galaxy they've won. And so it's kind of a gritty. A mix of a kind of gritty mud and lasers, military science fiction with some mythic science fantasy. You know, there's, you've got uh, pilots, you know, mercs, state, corporate state agents. So it's a, a little bit of everything. It's, it's really, like, I've heard some people talk about playing it various places, and everyone seems to say it's, it's pretty good. And although the one thing I do know is I heard some, some interviews with the, the people who did it, and they, they kind of have a two-stage system where there is a system while you're in the mechs that works one way, but it's different when you're, so to speak, like it's, it's got it's kind of distinctly separate, you know, mecha combat versus regular gameplay systems, but yet they, they mesh. But one of the cool things about this is they have a legitimate free version of the rules. So we'll throw the link in the show notes, probably for both, but there, I think the... Um, the PDF, if you want the the full full version, is like twenty five bucks, which isn't bad for a full RPG. But they're like I said, they offer a free one. So yeah, but looking at it, I mean, the artwork is really neat. Um, if any of you out there are familiar with the uh, Kill Six Billion Demons comic, that's the guy behind this. So it's very much that style of artwork. Like I said, it's it's. And for the fact that you can get the the playable version of it for legitimate free, it's interesting to me. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to try Lancer. It always seemed really cool. I've heard a lot of people play it in certain ways that that giant mech genre play towards. Uh, I heard a lot of people say that it plays kind of like it was a Gundam RPG, which is neat in a way. But yeah, I just never never got my hands on it, never really touched it, but Lancer seems cool. Yeah, like I said, especially especially when when they'll give you a playable version for free. I mean, what more can you ask for, really? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And with that... Yeah, with that, if you want to come chat with us, you know, we mentioned it a couple times, we do have a Discord server. The more people we get, the more lively it gets. Starting to pick up some, you know, some days it's a little quiet, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm pretty active on there. I know you pop in regularly. You're just not as much of a maniac as I am. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm there. I'm reading things. I just don't comment unless I have something to say. Like, 
basically is how I put it. Yeah, with that, we want to remind you to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yep. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash meandsteverpg. Thank you and be kind to each other. How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that. Okay, three, two, one. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. Today, I'm joined by my host. Well, stop. Stop. Collaborate and listen. Yeah, I gotta start that <laughs> over again. Sorry. Hold on. My brain just fumbled and bumbled my words.